Taiwan reported 312 more local COVID infections on Friday, marking the seventh day in a row with triple-digit case numbers. New Taipei had the most new cases, accounting for nearly half of Friday's total. Taipei came second with 127, half of which were from Wanhua District. With the weekend coming up, Health Minister Chen Shizhong urged the public to avoid non-essential outings. I urge you all to be cautious this Saturday and Sunday, please. I realize that after a week of hard work, we all want to use our time off to meet with friends and go out and about. But I'd like to ask everyone to limit your outings and to avoid gatherings. If we can keep movement to a minimum these coming two days, we can start to cut off the infection chains. That would be extremely helpful to our containment efforts. Currently, hospital staff and medical professionals are going through an extremely hard time, fighting the pandemic day and night. Amid reports of staff contracting COVID in the hospital, they are working to contain spread while attending to patients. They are truly burning the candle at both ends. If we don't all make an effort to minimize movement and we don't minimize transmission risk, we'll keep getting infections from gatherings. And that is unfair to our medical workers and is detrimental to society. So please, if it's not absolutely necessary, do not go out. I call on everyone in Taiwan to work together in this. Taiwan is currently on a level three pandemic alert with level four involving a hard lockdown. The health minister says Taiwan is far from the verge of a level four alert, which is triggered only if there are at least 14 consecutive days of more than 100 cases and if 50 percent of those cases have an unknown source of infection. The Central Epidemic Command Center clarified its mandatory mask policy on Friday after being flooded with questions about it from local government officials. It had announced previously that people must wear a mask at all times outside their home or be fined 3,000 to 15,000 NT. But on Friday, a CECC official said there were exceptions to the rule, such as when a person is alone inside a vehicle. Construction workers are also allowed to remove their masks when getting a drink of water. The second National Epidemic Prevention Meeting went into overtime on Friday, delaying a press conference scheduled for right after. Local officials were full of questions for the CECC, especially on the mandatory mask policy they were to enforce. Central and local COVID policies must follow the Central Epidemic Command Center's directives, as well as the Special Act for COVID-19. Epidemic prevention measures shall be implemented in accordance to the Act. Violators will first receive a warning and then a fine. The CECC deputy chief said that local and central government policies must be consistent. He stressed that workers at construction sites must keep their masks on at all times except to eat and drink. Workers at construction sites must eat and drink at an appropriate place. Eating and drinking are everyday needs, so they may remove their masks if they can maintain an appropriate social distance. The official also clarified the rule on mask wearing inside cars. If you're driving the car on your own, you don't need to wear it. But if there are two or more people in the vehicle, then you do. 
Although there are instances where the people belong to the same household, there are also instances where the people do not, and when it's hard to be sure of each person's past activity and contact history. So our guidance is that if there are two people or more in the car, everyone should be wearing a mask. The CECC also addressed misinformation that's circulating on social media. Recently, there's been a message circulating over line that every person will get a pandemic subsidy of 10,000 NT. It says that from February 1st this year and because of the pandemic, the executive yuan has approved a pandemic subsidy of 10,000 NT for every person. This is false. Please do not spread this misinformation. The health official warned that disseminating misinformation is punishable by up to 3 million NT or three years of prison. A bill to raise Taiwan's COVID bailout to 630 billion NT has entered second reading at the Legislative Yuan. The bill, which increases a pre-existing budget by 210 billion NT, will now enter cross-party negotiations. It will go up for a final vote on May 31st. Here at the Legislative Yuan, the tables are fitted with plastic partitions to enable social distancing. Nearly all DPP lawmakers turned out on Friday to put a pandemic relief bill on the agenda before Parliament is suspended for one week. Draft amendments to Article 11 of the Special Act for Prevention, Relief and Revitalization Measures for Severe Pneumonia with Novel Pathogens, as well as to Article 19, will be submitted for a second reading, with a speaker to convene cross-party negotiations. Taiwan's COVID bailout was first set at 60 billion NT, with an additional 150 billion NT in economic stimulus added last April. As the pandemic grew worse, the budget was expanded in July by another 210 billion NT for programs like stimulus vouchers. Originally, this budget was scheduled to expire in June of this year. But in the wake of Taiwan's COVID outbreak, the cabinet plans to add another 210 billion NT, taking the total to 630 billion NT. It also plans to extend the spending period by one year to support businesses throughout the challenges ahead. We want revisions to the draft amendments. We want an increase in the amount of money allocated to local governments. The central government has ordered local governments to set up rapid testing stations for COVID. The central government should pay for that or at least subsidize most of it. The bailout will support businesses across various industries that during this period of time have been worse hit by the pandemic. After its one-week suspension, the Legislative Yuan is expected to hold a plenary session on May 31st to vote on the bailout bill amendments in person. But just in case, lawmakers tested out a virtual voting system on Friday. Right on their smartphone, they can sign in, address the session, and vote on parliamentary bills. In times of emergency, this new system lets lawmakers carry on with proceedings from afar. Taiwan's health minister says he asked Washington for COVID vaccines during a Thursday video conference with U.S. Health Secretary Javier Becerra. The request came after U.S. President Joe Biden pledged to give other countries 20 million doses of Pfizer, Moderna or Johnson & Johnson vaccines on top of the 60 million AstraZeneca doses he promised previously. Oh, 那美國當然顯現他們對台灣友好的一個態度。
Of course, the U.S. demonstrated a friendly attitude toward Taiwan. Of course, we brought up the important point that COVID has surged in Taiwan and that at this time we urgently need vaccines and hope we can be among the recipients of the vaccines they will donate soon. We hope they can support us in this respect. The U.S. Health Secretary stated that he would take it up to the president. He said that when distributing the vaccines, the U.S. would take Taiwan's needs into consideration. After the meeting of ministers, the U.S. Health Department's Office of Global Affairs posted about it on Twitter. The office wrote that the U.S. supports Taiwan's ability to access vaccines and to participate in the World Health Assembly as an observer. And speaking of the WHA, once again, Taiwan has been blocked from participating in the World Health Assembly, which opens this year on May 24th. Ahead of the summit, calls that support Taiwan's participation have poured in from around the world. In the U.S., Taiwanese Junior Chamber of Commerce in Chicago has created a wrap explaining how Taiwan can contribute to world health. Over in Europe, Taiwan's representative office in Hungary has released a video that shows local health professionals and students calling for the world to let Taiwan help. Hungarian medical professionals and students say thank you to Taiwan in Hungarian and Chinese as they hold up cards with the hashtag Let Taiwan Help. They are thanking Taiwan for the assistance in Lent during the pandemic, both by donating medical supplies and sharing Taiwan's experience in disease prevention. The video features shots of many iconic locations in Budapest, with this protagonist holding up signs that spell out WHA for Taiwan. Taiwan, Taiwan. Go Taiwan, go Hungary, let Taiwan help, Taiwan can help. The video culminates with a message from Taiwan's representative to the country, followed by a shot of Hungary's Liberty Statue. We're here to help, let Taiwan help, Taiwan can help, yeah. Let them know we're here to help, let Taiwan help, Taiwan can help, yeah. Meanwhile, on the other side of the Atlantic, a similar sentiment was shared by the Taiwanese Junior Chamber of Commerce in Chicago. The organization composed a hip-hop song calling for Taiwan's participation in the WHA. Its video clip features dozens of people holding up signs reading, Taiwan can help, as well as famous Chicago landmarks. The 74th WHA will convene on May 24th and last until June 1st. The deadline for registration has expired, with Taiwan not receiving an invitation. Taiwan supporters from all over the world hope that their videos will raise awareness of Taiwan's exclusion and show the international community that Taiwan can help. For most news, Stephanie Yang, Li Qi in Taipei. With Taiwan on level three COVID alert, many businesses have instituted pandemic precautions to fight viral spread. Taoyuan City Hall, the seat of the Taoyuan government, has put up a raft of COVID measures, including an outdoor drop-off area for food deliveries and a custom real name registration system. Taoyuan Mayor Zheng Wenchan inspected the arrangements on Friday and thanked city employees for their efforts. Taoyuan Mayor Zhen reaches out for the drinks delivered by a food courier to City Hall. Standing off to the side, disinfection staff in full battle gear gives the delivery box a spray. That's one of the pandemic precautions in place at Taoyuan City Hall. 
A delivery area has been set up at the entrance of Taoyuan City Hall for the handover of food deliveries. This drop-off area will be disinfected. It will allow food couriers to avoid entering the City Hall building to complete the delivery right outside. As he enters the building, Mayor Zhen scans his Taoyuan citizen card to complete real name registration. Visitors who don't have a card can use their national ID or ARC or fill in a form by hand. On Wednesday, all of Taiwan was raised to a level 3 pandemic alert. It triggered a raft of pandemic measures at City Hall, including a table placed outdoors for food deliveries, a sanitization station for delivery boxes, real name registration at the door, a comprehensive disinfection operation, and staggered work schedules for staff. Mayor Jun inspected the protocols on Friday. We're able to take Taoyuan citizen card and national ID. There's also the Executive Yuan's real name registration system. They're all very easy to use. We're also allowing some of our colleagues to work from home. Now, there's no requirement that the employee has to live in Taipei or New Taipei. Now, so long as the approval is given by the unit supervisor, the employee can work from home. Besides inspecting the COVID prevention efforts, Jin thanked the employees of City Hall for their tireless work by giving out the beverages he picked up at the door. He also conveyed a message to the people of Taoyuan. In these COVID times, they're asked to limit their activities in the community and to work with the local government to bring the pandemic to an end. As they battle a viral surge, greater Taipei hospitals are running out of room for people who test positive for COVID-19. Several hotels have stepped up to the plate, agreeing to become quarantine centers for mild and asymptomatic cases. Let's hear from the Taipei mayor. Only about 20% of confirmed cases really need to be hospitalized. That's to say, 80% of patients just need a place where they can be closely monitored for 10 days without issue. At the end, they get another PCR test, and if they are okay, they can re-enter society. Taipei Mayor Ko Wenzhe says so far, four Taipei hotels with more than 350 rooms altogether have joined the quarantine program for COVID patients. The program will be open to asymptomatic or mild cases, as well as people who are waiting for PCR results to confirm a positive on a rapid test. Staff at these hotels will receive hazard pay of 2,000 NT per day for up to 14 days. Taiwan is making global headlines as it grapples with a surge in local COVID cases. There's been widespread reporting on what went wrong in Taiwan, which for the better part of a year was lauded as a success story of COVID containment. According to the BBC, Bloomberg and CNN, Taiwan's main downfall was complacency. Let's hear what they're saying. The problem when you have a nation of 23 million people that has been largely immune from the worst effects of the pandemic, now that you have this outbreak and case numbers expected to keep going up every single day because there was not widespread social distancing, people had that complacency. Touted as a COVID success story, Taiwan now faces its worst local outbreak so far. CNN's Will Ripley says Taiwan let down its guard. A Bloomberg report also blames complacency as a cause of its COVID crisis. Taiwan has seen a steadily rising number of cases over the past week, from the low single digits a week ago 
to 333 as of Monday. The Bloomberg piece questions Taiwan's decision to shorten airline crew quarantine to three days. It says that prior to the outbreak, Taiwan had close to zero vaccination and too little testing because containment had seemed so effective. It says there was no monitoring of high-risk groups such as adult entertainment workers, who then became the locus of an outbreak. Former Vice President Chen Jianren spoke to BBC, saying Japan too had experienced a virus outbreak in its adult entertainment industry. Failing to take a lesson from Japan, Taiwan found itself with a cluster at the Wanhua Tea Parlors, Chen said. He said many people who tested positive were unwilling to admit they had been to Wanhua, making contact tracing more difficult. It just reminds us that even when a very small proportion of the population breaks the rules, it will lead to leakages, he said. At the beginning of the pandemic, a staff member was infected at a Kaohsiung nightclub. That put everyone on high alert, and we were all on tenterhooks for a period of time. But then, the epidemic seemed to calm down, so people stopped thinking about the risks. Over these next two or three weeks, we should all try to reduce our social interactions and to avoid gatherings, wear a mask properly. My belief is that in another two to three weeks, we'll be able to bring down the number of infections to the double digits. Physician Lin Jingyi called on the public to keep masks on and to limit personal to person contact. Once domestic COVID vaccines are available, she says, Taiwan will be able to snap the chain of transmission. As lockdown sets in, athletes are finding inventive ways to keep on training at home. And we don't just mean the professionals. Even elementary school students are hard at work hitting imaginary baseballs. We spoke to one elementary baseball coach who's designed a rigorous regimen. He hopes it will keep his players in the game even while they're stuck at home. A baseball player swings repeatedly at the camera, looking good. His coach is watching the video online. Every day, students at Fulin Elementary record themselves practicing. Their coach watches and makes notes. Before distance learning began, each student was given a bat for this exact reason. We've given them homework for this period of distance learning until May 28th, including practicing with a bat and skipping. The baseball team gave some students bats and jump ropes to take home if they didn't already have them. The coach demonstrates the homework himself. This is no normal class. The cadets and sports students need to keep their fitness and dexterity up, but can only train alone at home. At Fulin, about 40 students record two videos a day, demonstrating 100 bat swings and 10,000 jumps. Won't coach get eye strain? We have 42 players and five coaches, so each coach is responsible for about seven or eight students. So it's not too bad. We go over and check all their swings and say things like, oh, pay special attention to swing number 32. And older athletes face the same challenge. This ninth-grade archer was given a rubber fitness band when the lockdown began. She records herself using it to mimic firing a bow. Because of limitations on the space and safety issues, students can't really practice archery alone at home. Usually, we ask students to take a rubber fitness band home and practice firing it as if it were a bow. Meanwhile, this adult athlete kneels on a yoga mat, using an elaborate stick-and-band setup to create her own white water rapids. 
In a hotel bathroom, heavy bottles of water and ropes form a makeshift canoe. These professionals have gotten very serious about training in isolation, creating the best possible training grounds in the most unlikely of locations.